This is awesome. Oh, fuck. Hey. Good to see you among the living, man. Check it out. It's the latest talent mix. Thanks, Pete. Good to see you all among the living. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Talon Mix, the Smallville recap podcast hosted by, what's this? The two most handsome Smallville podcasters? If you insist. I'm Brian, here as always with my pal, Zach. Zach, what's up, man? I mean, a decade ago, they had us, for sure. I, but hey, it's now time for them to step off the throne. And yes, let us, yeah. we'll share. I mean, we are in our primes and they are just past them. So, and like, hey, it's you gotta let's do it with dignity. Let's, <laughs> let's the peaceful transition of power. If, if Michael Rosenbaum, I know you're listening. Um, if you could just tell all your listeners to come listen to our show instead. Um, cause obviously it's just, it's, it's, it's time. It's time. It's time. This is. This is our most sacred tradition. <laughs> oh, it, oh, it feels good to be back in my own body, Brian. After last week, I what an adventure! What a what an adventure we had. That was an exhausting time. Not bit because it wasn't a bit. Of course not. Of course not. If it was a bit, how terrible of a bit. Like, one of the worst executed bits of all time. That's how you know it wasn't a bit. Right, right. I think in general, hypothetically, if it, not that we do bits. Um, like, hypothetically, um, bits I always feel like are better in uh, theory than they are in practice. I'm always, like, halfway through, just like, why did we do a fucking bit? That said, I fucking love them. We'll probably do one again at some point. <laughs> I, yes, I mean again, that wasn't a bit. No, it was because uh, if it if it was a bit, there's no way we don't re-record that before posting it. I mean, that was just embarrassing. I, if it was a bit. It's woof woof. <laughs> <laughs> Went up a week late because I was like, oh, I don't want to edit that one. <laughs> I don't want to go back and I don't want to go back in there. It wasn't that bad. No, no, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Oh man, how was your New Year's? I fell asleep at probably eleven, ten, eleven, fifteen, okay. something like that. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I it was a non-event, which is fine. Fair enough. Um, there were no. I didn't have to call the cops or anything on anybody, so that was <laughs> there nice. There you go. There you go. Um, we were kind of similar. We normally do stuff, um, but Emily is eight months pregnant, so we stayed home. We wait. We. Uh, made a lot of junk food uh and just watched movies all night and it was fun awesome it's shortly after midnight um we're, this is of course posting two weeks after new year's eve but <laughs> it's right. in our time well, it's yeah it's just after. yeah that's all that matters so while we're on the subject of emily being eight months pregnant yeah next week we have a episode called spell yes she'll right? be here Spell. Yes. Oh, she'll be here. She'll be here. Okay. I was going to say, if she's not up for it, that's fine. We'll pick a different episode, obviously. But uh, no, she's agreed. She doesn't remember she agreed, but she agreed. I think that's the one. I think that's the one we wanted to watch. You're right. You're right. Uh, (laughs) So I look forward to that. We haven't haven't sold her yet on one, but I think this one might be it. (laughs) I mean, if ever a season is going to win her over, it's season four. Seriously. Seriously. (laughs) 
so I saw on Letterboxd, because I stalk you on there, yes. that you are uh, in an effort to watch 365 movies this year. Yes. The year 2023. Yes. You have recently ingested a lot of early aughts rom-coms that is what it so let me real fast this 365 movies i think uh the day before new year's eve we're like what if we tried it let's let's see how well we do uh we're gonna be stuck at home a lot holding a small human a terrible screaming roommate what's a thing we can do cheap that <laughs> can be a little hobby thing let's try to watch 365 movies um it is january 3rd uh, the night we are recording this, we're currently six movies in. We kind of, or seven movies now. We're just kind of like jamming them in. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like the same way people are hitting the gym real hard this week. Yes. We but uh, we uh, I have come Mark. You're not watching <laughs> right, any movies, right? Um, I watched so last year I watched 253. So I need to oh, wow. like do a little more. Um. That's pretty good. It's, I don't, I don't, the way people like, I should say also like watched, I had them on and I was present for them, you know? Um, sometimes like while I'm working and I, I work from home, uh, I'll throw See, I don't, movies on. I don't log them on Letterboxd unless I'm sitting there watching them. <laughs> that's Which true. I'm not saying, yeah. no, I'm not saying that disqualifies yours at all. I'm just saying that's why like mine is probably like a hundred or less. Sure. But. I watch a lot of movies, but I'm like, I'm just sitting there. Like, right. I don't work from home. So if I did, I would for sure have, uh, you know, Batman and Robin playing in the background <laughs> or whatever. Right. I mean, that's exactly. Um, it's I, I'm learning also letterbox. I'm enjoying like I've always wanted to keep a diary or like a journal, uh, but I've never I've never been good at getting into the habit of it. And it's funny. Letterbox has kind of served as that. Like I can remember like, Oh, we did that that day. And we watched that. And like, here's the mood yeah. I was in. Like, honestly, that's the reason I, I use it as I, I would like to log what movies I watched when I watched them. And I do the ratings because not, it's not like a definitive thing. It's like, I want to remember how I felt about that movie when I watched it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That, the rating gives me a loose idea of what I was feeling. Right. I love letterbox. It's great. Um, it's fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, you're talking when, about the rom coms. Yes, so that is kind of in. We're trying to watch a lot of movies, and we we need to like we want bulk, right? We we're gonna try to probably like watch a movie every day, but we want a little gap or a little uh, space to play, right? And right like, in case a really good TV show comes out or something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, uh, so we just streamlined whatever fucking rom-coms from the early aughts came up on HBO Max, which turned into an accidental trilogy of Ashton Kutcher movies. <laughs> which woof. That's the only kind of trilogy of Ashton Kutcher movies. <laughs> accidental. There's no, there's no Dude, Where's My Car trilogy. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, that has been a uh, an experience. I mean, how did you put it in your letterbox review of it was it's oh, the hot dog? It's <laughs> so it's funny. it's Joey Chestnut dipping the hot dog in the water to get him down his gullet faster. <laughs> That's the early aughts rom com. They're just it's funny how there's like I feel like they got a bad rap at the time. Um and I, I had this of like everyone was like, oh, these are crap. And they were coming out every week. Right. Of just two attractive people. And they'll make they'll smooch at the end. 
Um, and maybe there will be jokes. Gotta say, not that many jokes. Um, more the suggestion of comedy yes. than comedy. Um, and I kind of, but I kind of had in my brain like, where did those movies go? And like, I kind of missed them. And like, oh, they went away because they're all pretty bad. <laughs> they're frequently not good. It's like sometimes, even when they're not actively bad, they're not good. Like I watched uh, uh, Ashton Kutcher and Cameron Diaz in What Happens in Vegas. Uh, Ashton Kutcher and Cameron Diaz, guess what? Get married in Vegas. Um, and then uh, have complications, but get together in the end. Um, spoiler. <laughs> I have some spoilers for a lot of these movies. Um, and it wasn't unpleasant to watch like my boss's daughter was uh but like nothing good about it nothing about it was like that was a good movie it was just it it happened it happened and i didn't want to kill myself i mean i can remember this is that era when i worked for blockbuster video extreme blockbuster vibes in these movies (laughs) right you would get x amount of free rentals a week or whatever so whatever was coming out new that week, you know, I would get, I would rent, you know, cause you get it like a, a week before it comes out. Got it. And I remember a lot of like rom poorly reviewed rom-coms. I would get what, you know, you're getting them for free and you're watching them at home at two in the morning. Right. It's like, this isn't that bad. I'm having I'm, whatever. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Just roll with it. Yes. Yeah. If I saw them in the theater, if I paid for it, I'd be like, this is garbage. Yes. Yes, it's I think context is interesting of, uh, you know, looking at the reviews of like some of these things have like seven to 20 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Like just reviled. And it is different when like I spent fifty dollars in my Friday night and went to see this thing. Right. Or even or even I drove to Blockbuster, picked a movie. This is my movie for the weekend. And this is what I but there is a different context when I just threw it on and it was on HBO Max and we just like, ah, whatever, this looks fucking stupid. <laughs> and we put it on. Yes. Um, yes. This is one of my free rentals, or this is on streaming for free. It's it makes them more and don't get me wrong, they're nothing. They're nothing. <laughs> they're just it's not just take what you picture a movie of like they're they're a black hole of art, right? It's just what exists in the absence of art. <laughs> um, <laughs> that said, I mean, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say this phenomenon we're talking about is like probably led to me recommending a lot of movies that weren't good at Blockbuster because if you go and sure. expecting garbage and there you're like, oh, that was okay right for some reason in your head that's like i actually like that movie that's a good movie right right and then you recommend it to people and they're like why did you recommend that to me i'm like i got it free and i watched it two in the morning sorry (laughs) it's a certain kind of magic to that hour uh (laughs) and that circumstance um sometimes though with those with those aughts rom-coms i watched um it's from 2011 uh friends with benefits uh it's justin timberlake and myla kunis uh, oh, that's and, not the Ashton Kutcher Natalie Portman one. No, we we that's not, that not the trilogy you watched. Uh, no, we watched uh, my boss's daughter. Uh, <laughs> what happens in Vegas and Killers? Uh, <laughs> oh no, Killers is like at the tail end of that. That was that's Catherine Heigl on her way down, right? So, so what I said of like, ah, they're kind of not that. That Killers was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Killers was bad. 
Um, but uh, friends, no friends with Ben. They came, uh, friends with benefits. There was no strings attached, which was Natalie Portman and um, Ashton Kutcher. Which I'm, it's not streaming anywhere. I am curious about that one uh, because it's um, what's his name? Uh, Ivan Reitner, right? Reitman. Uh, Reitman. Ivan Reitman. God. Brain fart, uh, and it's an Elizabeth Merriweather script, uh, and yeah. Elizabeth Merriweather was the creator of New Girl, uh, which I really yes. like. Um, mm-hmm. So I am when that shows up. I'm not going to seek it out, but when it shows up on streaming somewhere, I bet it'll be fine. Um, yes. That said, Friends with Benefits, which came out around the same time, and I think critically was the more liked of the two, with a glowing 68 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I mean, that's like. <laughs> Rom-coms are kind of like slasher movies in the 90s. It's like if you get above a 30%. That's exactly it's a, correct. It's a glowing endorsement. That's exactly correct. Um, you know what? Mila Kunis is attractive. Justin Timberlake is attractive. They seem to like smooching each other in the movie. It was all right. <laughs> great. Made me laugh great, more great, than great, once, great. which I can't I mean, say for how, killers. How strange is it that M- Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher were both in movies about falling in love with your friend the same year, but not together, but in real life, they're friends who fell in love. What's more heartwarming than that? Great, great, great. What happened to the date movie? Just watching these, there is this funny, there was the idea that like, you know, I whether you're like whether it's a date night for like a couple or like a date you went, you saw a movie, it was kind of fluffy, there wasn't much to it. Everybody in it was attractive, it was a little sexy, you know, you'd get some abs, right, yeah, yeah. you'd get somebody in a bra, you know, a little sexy. Um, those movies are gone, right? Like I mean, do they do people go to movies on dates anymore? I guess like not. Maybe, maybe Blumhouse Blumhouse movies or something, like right. I like a light. A light horror thriller, I think, is your best bet. I guess. It's just funny of, um, you know, the Marvel movies right now, and even Star Wars, are just sexless. They are completely, utterly sexless. Um, Oh, man. I mean, Star Wars was always, by design, kind of that way. I mean... I'm going to get you in my lightsaber. Or leave it in the box! Stormtroopers, attack! Or leave them in the box and never touch them! But, like, Marvel, especially, of, like, where everyone is just jacked and hot, but, like, not... But just not... aggressively asexual. Yeah! Um, it was it was funny. It was shocking of... Uh, once again, Killers was a terrible movie. Uh, but there was a scene where Katherine Heigl is just in a bra and looks great for, you know, and she's in it. Why? Because it's a little... Because the movie's supposed to be a little sexy, you know? <laughs> like... And it was just funny to watch, like, oh, movies used to, like, do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they do now, but it's like an indie movie that was in theaters for two weeks and then went right to streaming. Right, right. But even that's, like, sometimes, like, that's, like, we're intentionally playing with sexuality rather than just, right. it's a movie. They're all pretty. We got them half naked. <laughs> we, want the, we want the movie stars to show us their bodies. <laughs> Um, turns out they're very attractive. Um, and it's just funny that went away. I don't yeah. know. And I don't know if I necessarily miss it. It's just interesting well, that it's gone. I miss, I definitely miss there being more types of movies in theaters. Yes. Right. hundred percent. I mean, like a lot of them weren't good, but they were different kind of bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you got a different kind of good once in a while. So I don't know. I just... 
there's just not much to choose from now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like three flavors of ice cream. Right. That's exactly it. it it's the collapse of the DVD, right? Yeah. That's what kind of yeah. took... It's... um. I've referenced this interview so many times, uh, maybe on this show before, uh, but Matt Damon talking about how, uh, you know, you can't, you used to be able to put a movie out and then the DVD would come out later and you could recoup some of your costs on the DVD. Now there's no DVD. The streaming rights aren't the same. And so you got to make it back on an opening weekend. So it better say fucking Marvel or Star Wars in the title. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've recently started buying more Blu-rays. I'm going the opposite direction. I kind of, I kind of am. T- I kind of am seeing the allure again. Right. I like. First of all, it's uh, for me, and maybe it's my internet. It's unreliable. The quality of the streaming, sure, is unreliable. And I am a stickler for. I don't. If I want to watch a movie, I want it to look like the movie. I don't want yeah. it to be blurry. I don't want the sound to be off. And Blu-ray. You know, I'm not. Rich enough to have 4K, but someday maybe. But <laughs> but right now, Blu-rays, you know, are like $4. You can find them for like 4 or $5. Yeah, definitely. For great movies. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I've been buying Blu-rays. I've been buying, buying Blu-rays. I think there's also something to, like, learning the, you know, I I certainly, like everybody else, the whole streaming thing, was like, oh, we don't need these anymore. Um, but there's something to, like, when it was all on Netflix, that was one thing. But there's something to, like, the impermanence of it now. Um, yeah. Where it's closer to, like, HBO, right? Where, I you know, you don't necessarily expect that you're going to be able to watch whatever movie on linear yeah. HBO at any given time. Um, yeah. movies come and go. It's a rotating library. So there is something too. If I want to own this movie, this movie is important to me. I want to have yes. it. You got to buy a physical I mean, copy. I mean, I, I'm, I, I hate when I'm like, Oh, I want to watch this American classic and it's not on any streaming service. Right. And I'm like, you know what? I, I should fucking own that movie. That's why I bought T2 recently. Right. <laughs> Cause I'm right like, by several times. I've wanted to watch it and it's not been on streaming. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to pay to rent it right. every time. Right. I want to watch T2. That's, hey, um, you know what's funny, though, is like um, movie rentals used to be a part of like so many Americans just weekly fucking thing, right? Uh, oh, it was a social hub on a Friday night. A video right. store. And a rental was like, what, five bucks if you brought it back on time? Uh, depended. Yes. Kind of ish. Somewhere ish. around there. Um, but like that was a weekly thing. That was a thing people did regularly. Uh, and now there's something about, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just like my, like something about a rental. It's like three bucks. Fuck that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, cause you're already paying out the ass for streaming service. I guess, I guess that's it. I guess that's the difference. It's um, like, I, I think the frustration is I don't want to pay three bucks and then next week it's on HBO max. <laughs> right. Right. And I'm like, fuck, I could have just waited. Um, I remember speaking of Reynolds, this is a huge part of my education as a cinephile was in the summers, the video store near us would have a $5 for five movies. Uh, but they were old. It had to be in the sure. old section. Sure. And my mom was, you know, in the summertime, like just looking for a reason to keep me busy. Just bring me to the video store and just boom, Ugh. five movies a week. Just as and I would go right through them and we'd go back I and get the more. Video store. God, I missed the video store. Yeah. I, oh, that whole experience was oh so important. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before, but uh, I was uh, semi-recently, um, my uh, my wife's family, there's a, there's a couple little kids in that family. Um, and I was asking them, like, oh, what are your favorite movies? And they all said fucking TV shows. <laughs> because I think there's an element of, like, movies are expensive. No one's going to the fucking movies, right? You go to the movies. The average American sees one movie a year, I think, in theaters. Um, Jeez. Yep. Yep. I'm bringing the average up, Brian. We're both bringing the average <laughs> way up. Um, but, uh, uh, and then movies were the thing on the disc, right? Or or the tape, in our case, in our childhood. Right. It's like right. the movie was a thing. It was on a tape, and you put it in the VCR, and like that was the movie. Or you went to Blockbuster, and you went and got. Uh, that was different from TV that would like just... But like for for kids these days, it's all on the same fucking Netflix hub, right? Right. What's yep. the difference? Yep. It all looks the same. <laughs> and then again, the fucking forget about the Marvel shit, and like where it's all kind of connected and basically a big TV show anyway. Yep. Um, oh, it drives me nuts! Drives me nuts! Kids these days. <laughs> I had I ran into some friends I hadn't seen for a few years, and they're like, "Oh, we should talk about all the good TV that's on." And I'm like, "I don't watch TV anymore, really." I just watched movies and they were just like, what is wrong with you? They don't get it. They don't get it. (laughs) They're like, White Lotus. I'm going to talk about White Lotus. And I'm like, I haven't seen any White Lotus. I'm sure it's great. I saw White Lotus. It was fine. You know what it would have been better as? A fucking movie. It would have got to the fucking point faster. Movies. Give me movies. I don't think I, there is, there are very few TV shows uh, where I don't think they couldn't just be. I think Breaking Bad. I think Breaking Bad's great. Better as a movie. Just be a movie. Well, it should be a movie. <laughs> it, that's the thing is you, if you watched like a movie that was made any time before the last ten years, like really great movies, you're like today that would be yep. they would make that as a a eight episode show. Yeah, and in most cases, I'm like that would not be better as an eight episode show. No. Mary of Easttown. I I actually enjoyed Mary of Easttown a whole lot. Should have been should have been a movie. <laughs> I think it would have been just fine as a movie. Yep. Um, I'll give some like uh uh Game of Thrones is a soap opera and is too sprawling. I yes. think I think that is yeah. multiple storylines and like right. that sh- would not have worked as a movie. Um, uh, and then um, but so there are of course exceptions. Uh, but I think it should be a movie. Or it should be like Monk, where it's just a mystery that's solved in an hour. <laughs> well, I mean, I just, or The Simpsons. Yeah. End of list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can be Monk, or you can be The Simpsons. You can get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> the problem is a lot of stories, like books or just stories that are adapted to TV shows, it's like, it would be good as four episodes. Right. Or five episodes, and like, well, you can't. We, we're gonna do. We got to do eight, or right. And then there's filler. There's always filler. Right. There's always filler. And then there's the matter of if a story doesn't naturally have, it's not broken up into forty five minute chunks. It's right. Like, where do you break it? Are you just randomly cutting it off? Which is what it feels through? like sometimes. Yeah. Um. I also it's um t and there of course obviously there are exceptions um. But like TV is also largely, I think, created for uh, efficiency, I guess. You know, it, it's kind of, for lack of a better word, and once again, this is very broad, but like get in, 
get in front of the fucking camera and read your lines, which is what most people care about. But I love right. the whole package of film, right? Of like who the DP is matters, who the who did the score matters, like all of that stuff that goes into a fucking movie. I also I I, I think you came up with the best definition I've heard, which is a movie is something designed to be watched in one sitting. That's it, baby. <laughs> that's the that's the main difference. I like it. <laughs> I think that's the best definition. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, but and I gotta I, say, I like short stories better than most novels. Almost, I'd love, rather love me, love me a short story. I'd rather have a short story collection than a novel. I like a simple, get to the point. I find them usually, uh, what's the uh, more complex frequently. <laughs> if there's a lot usually going on in that space, I don't need all the space. Give me the, give me the kernel of the point. So, um, speaking of movies, I watched a couple this week. I mm. saw Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Nice. I liked that. Me too. Very funny. Very funny. I thought that the satirical comedy stuff worked a lot better than the thriller stuff. Sure. Because, I'm not going to spoil it, but I, I think I figured out what's going on almost right away. Oh, did you? It like, got me. It totally oh, got me. Oh, no. I was like... Well, okay, spoilers for Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Okay, stop listening for 60 seconds. Five, four, three, two, one, go. It was pretty apparent to me really early that none of these people seemed like killers. Like none of them were going to be killers. So I kind of deduced, I was like, oh, I see what's going on. Sure. But it's still fun. It still worked on all the comedy. It was so fucking funny. Definitely. Um, Um, And the acting. The performances were fantastic. Um, Rachel Sinat, is that how you pronounce her name? Um, from Shiva Baby. Yeah, um, she was the best. She was just, like, I've, I've met that person in real life. Yes, yes. Just, uh, just so good. earth-shatteringly funny. Um, yes, a transcendent performance. Um, yeah, there was, you know, I saw that one in theaters. I haven't thought about it much since I saw it. Um, but just had a really good time on the ride. Yep, absolutely. And then I watched Pearl, the sequel to X, okay. or prequel, prequel to X. Right. I saw X. I didn't love it. What did you think? Of I that? liked Pearl about as much as I liked X, which is I thought it was B, solid. Okay. Um. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's uh, it's a weird movie. I like weird. I like weird. Yeah, yeah. You might dig it. It's All right. uh. It's a lot different than X. Okay. Yeah. It's a period piece. It's amazing that they sh- it only cost probably a few million dollars, but it does not look like that. It looks like it costs a lot more than that. It's pretty impressive. Okay. It's it's kind of impressive overall that like X came out and everyone was like X garnered, you know, some buzz. It was a um, a movie people were excited about. And then just as people, like, I think overall people really enjoyed X. Um, and then they just dropped, oh, we already like shot a prequel. We shot them simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, so, like, I, I, I guess only like a smaller movie like that can pull that off. Uh, yeah, it just, it doesn't look small. It's amazing. I mean, it's impressive. Yeah. And then uh, I rewatched the Batman for the first time since theaters. Oh, and, how, uh, how did it hold up? good it was it's gosh the 
The visuals in that movie oh, are it's so good. I've seen it three times. I delicious. love it. <laughs> delicious. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a little bloated, but that's it. That's my only cool major. Yeah. It's de- the script is not my favorite. There's so much good stuff in that script, but yes. They just needed to tighten it, just a yeah. little tightening. Oh, just oh, let us get, let me let me add it, you know, <laughs> with like yeah. <laughs> and granted, like I could use a chainsaw, not a sh- uh, like a yeah. What is it? What's the word? The scalpel? A chainsaw, a scalpel, not yeah. a scalpel. <laughs> There's so much good shit in that movie. Yeah, that car chase is exceptional. It's I I fully under you know I, I talked to a lot of people who didn't like it right, and I kind of can't begrudge them because. It's three hours, and it's not one of those movies where it's not Titanic, where like every minute moves everything forward. There's a no, lot there no. that's like, no, I kind of can't blame you. But yeah, ooh, the good outweighs the bad. I think in that one, fucking a lot. <laughs> I mean it. It 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 really nails for me the the Batman tone. It really yes. nails Batman. Yes. Yes. Um, which is an elusive thing. I mean, obviously, you ask 10 different people, you probably get 10 different answers. But I just it really I hit think my answer is the Batman. <laughs> right. It really hit this. It's not my favorite Batman movie, but I really think that is like that is very true representation of the Batman character. Yes. Yes. And it has a good message. And, you know, which, you know, a lot of Batman fans are uh, what's the word? Toxic mm-hmm. incel types. Yeah. Mm hmm. And the movie is about that. It's about Batman accidentally inspiring um, those types right. and reckoning with that. And I think that's great. It's great. It's great. Um, it's instead of like, you know, the Zack Snyder, oh, look how Batman <laughs> punched that guy and flipped him over. That's cool. Right, right. Um, I had got, I had one other Batman thought, but. Um... Oh, it is gone from my brain. Good movie. Good movie. <laughs> um, anything else this week? That's it so far. Yeah. I had um I, on top of the rom coms, I had two um more recent movies. Um, I watched Bullet Train from earlier last year. Yeah. Um, which is directed by um the guy who did Deadpool two. Um, and the uncredited co-director of the first John Wick movie. Um, and of course, starring Brad Pitt. And uh, everyone in it looks like they're having fun. I just wish I was there with them having fun, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, it is exactly the kind of movie I'm talking about. If I got for free at Blockbuster and watched it two in the morning, yes. I'd be like, I had fun. Yeah. It's fine. It's, yeah. I think it definitely would have been my favorite movie if I saw it when I was 14. Like, it would have like hit every, like, weird anime kid like yeah this is movies um on my couch at like two in the afternoon just on like ah let's throw on this it was fine um i also saw uh noah bomback's white noise uh so i this last year read the book white noise for the first time okay uh so i have not seen the movie yet because last time I watched a movie on Netflix, the it was the the, the uh, picture quality was fucking awful. Oh. So, but I, I read the book. It's a great book. It, it's a book that you read and you go, 
That's not a movie. <laughs> That's it is it is infamously I was not familiar with it at all. I had never even heard of it. Um but I'm a dummy, let's be clear. I am a, I'm a luddite. No. Um <laughs> Because uh, it, it's, it's a very famous novel, uh, and it infamously unfilmable is what I've read in, in relation to it. Um, so I saw the movie, and I'd say Bombach doesn't make an argument that it is filmable. <laughs> it is one, it's one of those movies that makes you go, what the fuck was that? <laughs> See, but, and I haven't seen it yet, but... My feeling is that even if it's not good, it's made by such a talented filmmaker that it's interestingly bad. Like, I liked like, it. I'll say I liked it. I'm not when, saying it's when good. When great filmmakers miss, <laughs> yes, it's almost as interesting as when they hit. You know Agreed. what I mean? It's, it's almost. <laughs> it's kind of. Um, it, it's one. It reminded me of like. Um, even though they're not similar at all, did you see Darren Aronofsky's Mother? I turned, I turned it off. I think it's a terrible <laughs> movie, but I kind of couldn't look away from it. And like, it's, it was interesting, like talking to people about, did you like mother? I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Besides the point. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about this too. Of like, I don't know. I couldn't look away from it. <laughs> like, What's what's crazy is that this is like it was like a hundred million dollar plus production. It is a very expensive looking movie. I mean, it would have to be if the story's like the book. I mean, that's the thing is it, it's not it's like an unfilmable novel, but it tricks you into thinking it could be a movie at certain points because of the the grandeur of what's going on and the situation. But it's like the setup for a much worse movie it's, than it is a book. It's really it was a really weird fucking movie. <laughs> It's, a, it's one of those books. It's a great book, not because of what happens in it. Right, right. It, it's kind you know of what I mean? um, the writing. Right. My understanding is it's like one of the like postmodernist examples, you know, like. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious to read it, but I'm done. Yeah, it's a good read. Very readable. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Um, I'll throw yeah, it's in not the... a slog. It's not one of those great okay. books. Slog. <laughs> great. That's good to know. I'll put, I'll put in for it at the library and. With a movie just coming out means I won't get it for eight months, and then yeah. by the time by the time I finally get it at the library, he'll be like, "Why the fuck did I want to?" I read wonder that? who reads the I wonder who reads the book on tape. Oh, that's a cool great it, question. It'd be cool if it was Adam Driver. <laughs> Adam Driver would be great and a great audiobook narrator. Adam Driver, I know you're out there listening. Go do some audiobooks. I think that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you're looking for work, right? <laughs> Um, let's see. Anything else uh, about pop culture this week? Just Smallville pop culture. Just Smallville, baby. Let's move on to the recap. His power of persuasion can control the strongest mind. Chuck. <laughs> Smallville. Wednesday night. This week, we watched Jinx. Jinx is the seventh episode of the fourth season of Smallville and the 73rd episode overall. It aired November 3rd, 2004. Um, what did you overall, big picture thoughts, what did you think of this episode? Uh, I thought it was fun. Fun middling season four episode. I agree. Smallville. 
I, I didn't yeah. find it unpleasant at all. I don't think it's I don't think it's going to make no. the top tier. I don't think it's going to get nominated. Uh, no, but like um, there's a distinct lack of both Lois and John Glover mm-hmm. that is hard to come back from. Very true, but I found it very likable. I think I think we're in a very is, good season four swing. Right. If I if I was flipping through the channels like no one does anymore, and I <laughs> came on this episode, I'm watching it. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Fully agreed. Um, we're in like, we're just getting, and I, this is what's exciting about season four is just platonic ideals of episodes of Smallville. Like all the yeah. stuff you want in an episode of Smallville is showing up. Well, obviously aside from John Glover and, uh, uh, Eric. Well, and also they're, they're well-crafted episodes and that yes. we're really hitting the beats. Like they're not it's like this week. It's not a compelling story or anything, but <laughs> right. But it's like it's it's very well crafted, exactly what it's supposed to be. Yes, um, and doesn't feel as much like season three. Uh, I don't know about you. Season three constantly felt like you could see the wires of moving storyline footballs. Yes, it feels a little more either either there aren't as many or it's more subtle. But I don't yes. know which. Um, but I'm just having a good time with my buddies at Smallville High. Yes. I mean, it is once again a high school show. I, <laughs> right. I, I wish it had stayed a high school show for two and three. Um, because now they're going to graduate from high school and it can't be a high school show anymore. <sighs> if only. If only. Um, okay. So I'm, of course, reading from smallville.fandom.com. It is the deciding game to see who will go to the state championship, and the Smallville Crows are trailing when assistant coach Jason Teague sends Clark Kent in. Chloe meets Mikhail Mitsipitzlik. (laughs) 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 Mitsipitzik. Brian, let's just stop right here. Uh, Yeah. I did not look into this, Uh because I refused to do research, but there's no way this guy is actually from anywhere but Vancouver. No, this, British Columbia. <laughs> this is Vancouver Central Casting, and uh, can you uh, can, the, can you do accent, like a, what, the accent? It's not convincing. Is that can you nice do a vague? Point? Can you do a vague Baltic accent? Duh. <laughs> <laughs> it's. <laughs> Brian, what on earth possessed the Smallville writers to write this character with an accent? It like it would have been okay to just not. You could have just. You could have still had the same backstory. Essentially, it's there's really nothing here that requires. So it's it's Mister Mitzaplik, Mister Mister Mitzaplik. I'm not. I'm not going to be able to say it better. Um, he's a he's a Superman villain from the fifth dimension. He's a little guy who comes in and he causes trouble, and Superman can only get rid of him by making him say his own name backwards, and then he poofs back. Oh, I didn't to know the... that was a. I didn't know it was based on something. Yes, yes. Um, but that's Mister Mitzaplik, who, who is nothing like <laughs> Mikhail Mitzaplik. <laughs> um. Uh. They'll make a reference to his name spelled backwards later. Uh, but once again, I, so I don't know, A, why they made him Mr. Mitzelplik. Uh Or 
why they're doing this Baltic accent. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not, I don't want to seem like I'm picking on this guy, this Vancouverite, (laughs) um, because I'm not. I feel like any time you have an actor do an accent, it's always a high risk, low reward. Seriously. That's exactly right. Situation. (laughs) I feel like 95% of the time, when I see someone do an accent, I'm like, you could have just not. And you I could have just not. <laughs> Simon Pegg can like, just be British in movies. Right. There's exactly. There's, I mean, there's so many movies where it's not integral to the plot. Right. It doesn't even, there's no plot hole, even if they have no accent and they still do it. Um, what's, what's the movie? Five year engagement. Have you seen that? I if I have, I don't remember it, but it sounds familiar. It was the Emily Blunt, uh, Jason Siegel rom-com. Okay. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Allison Brie plays Emily Blunt's sister in it. And Allison Brie, I'm a huge fan of Allison Brie. Love her. So good. So good. Her accent in that movie is atrocious. Oh. She does a British accent. Oh. But the movie takes place in America. You could have you could have written that off. I mean, like one line of dialogue. They're half sisters, right? Right. Like, which is I think it's what what they do in a different movie where Emily Blunt has a sister called Your Sister's Sister, where you know <laughs> there's an American actress playing the sister, and they just they're like we're half we're halfsies. I there's no need. There's no Don't, need. Uh, I, do you think is does the actor like want the challenge maybe or I I think that's commonly it. It's just it's so risky and it rarely pays off. Rarely. I'm echoing back pretty bad. Okay. Um, are headphones an option? We get, we get the headphones. Great. trying to remember taking notes when we break so that i'm not just scrambling for the audio like where is it (laughs) all right thank you sorry about that Okay, uh, let's see. Chloe meets Mikhail Mitsiplitsik in the deserted field house and bets $80 on Smallville to win, and Mikhail uh, accepts her wager. Uh, they both return to the game where the Crows are on defense. Mikhail uh, uh, mutters to himself, and the Crows player drops the ball. Clark saves the fumble, but when Mikhail says trip, he stumbles into another player and over the touchdown line. The Crows win the game, but Clark is horrified to see that the player he fell into is injured. So, some things here. Some things here. Uh, A, celebrate. All of this celebration while someone is injured would not be seen as okay, I think, at a high school football game. Well, like, celebrating, like, 
an inch away from where the injured person is. It's like the real tasteless part. It's Jason Teague would be like, everyone shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Also, uh, the player, one of the, the injured guy's teammates looks at Clark like, how dare you? That also I don't think would happen. It's football. People tackle each other. It, it, this, this does, in happen. fact, happen pretty commonly. Um, my, uh, my brother, uh, who, uh, is a football coach was talking about, um, it's interesting, uh, now in like high school sports, um, medic stuff has gotten, um, a lot more like they, they just, they take a lot of precautions. So like a kid is down, they leave him down, they bring the medics out. So they are being much safer and taking much more precautions, but you are seeing more medics come out onto the field. (laughs) Right. Which is a weird image. Yes. Yeah, it's a dangerous sport. It's a dangerous sport. Um, so this this opening just reminded me of something I hated about TV shows of the era. And that's where something big happened at the end of last week's episode yep. that no one fucking mentions at all this week. There is one little mention. There's one little mention. Yes. But that's it. <laughs> but there's no lingering awkwardness between Clark and Coach Teague. <laughs> right, right. And if you'll remember last week, uh, Lionel, when he was in Clark's body, quit the team. Right. And forced himself upon Lana, who is Jason Teague's girlfriend. Yep, yep. <laughs> But everything's cool. Everything's fine. I do think it, it is interesting. I do think we are course correcting a little bit from uh, season three, which was very, very interconnected. And I, I yes. imagine there was a mandate from on high, whether that's on the show side or the network side. Like we kind of want people to be able to come in and see the show and right. not have to. Yes. Because I don't. Because I also don't think DVDs are like widely show DVDs are widely available yet. Right. This is, I mean, they're available, but this is they're this is where they're starting to pick up steam. This is like okay, okay. They right they, but the thing is, they don't come out until right, right. They come out after the season, and not all shows have caught up yet with their DVDs. It's I remember um, my mom and I watching Twenty Four. We got into it in season two, um, and. Uh, so in the middle of season two, so we were going to Blockbuster, getting the DVDs for the first season because we, we got hooked on the show, but we're also watching season two simultaneously, but there's no way to watch the previous season two episodes. So we're reverse engineering, <laughs> which it's funny in 24 for all of its like heavy serialization. It's actually pretty easy to reverse engineer. Oh, don't worry. Uh, they'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, previously on 24. Yeah. Also, just in dialogue over right, and yeah. over and over. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm the exact opposite of you. I miss this era of TV so much. Bring it back. Bring it back. No, I I, I love this era of TV also, but <laughs> that was one thing I didn't appreciate at the time. Sure. Uh, I remember being like, what the fuck? Like, there's an episode this season where a major character in Clark's life dies in the next episode no mention nothing nothing, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> clark goes to see the player at the hospital jason tells him that his collarbone is shattered but he will recover 
Clark feels guilty, and Jason starts to question Clark's remarkable football skills and his ability to overpower someone who outweighs him by 100 pounds. He specifically is a little worried about the collarbone, which... I played football. I played peewee football. There were collarbone like injuries. It happens. Right. It's I not was, that insane. Like, why is, it looks like the whole crow team is at the hospital when this like the, 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 like they're at the hospital. Like this kid is dying. He yeah, broke right. his collarbone. <laughs> like common football injury. Oh man. Can I tell you a heartbreaking peewee football story? Oh, depends on how heartbreaking. Not that heartbreaking. Uh, okay. It's, it's medium heartbreaking. Uh, so it wasn't my team. It was one of the older teams. Uh, but there was a kid who uh, his uh, parents were not together. Um, so he uh, was on the football team. But when he was with his mom and the games were on the weekends, uh, he wasn't allowed to go to the games. He was allowed to go to the practices with his dad, though. So his dad would bring him to the practices, and he would do the practices, but he never got to go to the games because his mom didn't like it. Uh, This one game was coming up, uh, and he was going to get to go, and he was going to get to play. At practice, he broke his fucking collarbone. (laughs) And uh, my uh, my mom was a nurse and like went went over to like help when he went down. And the kid's only word on the ground was, "I was gonna get to play on Sunday." Oh, <laughs> oh. 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 heartbreaking! Sports. Heartbreaking! <laughs> oh, sports, sports. Uh, um, so a little late in the game for Coach Teague to be asking these yeah, questions right? about Clark. <laughs> Are you on steroids, Clark? And I love how the the <laughs> Clark's dilemma of this episode is that one of them is that, you know, the coach is starting to think maybe he's on steroids. And he's like, I'm not on steroids. But he is cheating. He is yeah, right. stronger than he would be if he was a normal kid on steroids. <laughs> yes. By a thousand times. Yes, yes. <laughs> Clark... Clark, you are, in fact, doing a bad thing, though. Yeah, you literally are faster than bullets being fired. <laughs> and stronger than, like, freight trains. Like, you are... You are in the wrong. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Like, Clark, you may as well be. Right. No, just like, I'm not on... I'm, I, what? <laughs> I, I don't need steroids. I'm already a superhuman. <laughs> I'm fucking Superman. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So uh, Jason admits that Coach Quigley thinks Clark is on performance enhancing drugs and tell Clark he better submit to any questioning if he wants to preserve his college football career. Um, To which um, Teague says something to the effect of like, "Be ashamed to forfeit a you know championship winning season." Which is that? Is that what would happen? If a kid, I if might, a, yeah. You think? My brother yeah. would know. Um, yeah, he wasn't available tonight uh, to record a Smallville podcast on short notice. <laughs> Gosh, he thinks he's so cool. <laughs> um, I okay, all right. I guess I guess it makes sense that that could happen. Either way, this is as ridiculous as this is. It is a fun little like wrench in the gears for Clark. Yes. 
Okay. Lex is meeting with Mikhail, uh, who is a foreign exchange student from the Balkans area that has been awarded a Luther Corp scholarship. Lex questions why Lionel would award Mikhail with such a prestigious award because he is a barely average student. He asks what potential Lionel saw in him, and Mikhail replies that it's potential that doesn't show up on a report card. He has superpowers. But also, you know, it, there is, it's just one of these show kind of problems where the conversation stops the minute the camera's not on them. Like, it's the kind of talent that's not on a report card. So. Right. <laughs> so oh, what? <laughs> Brian, this episode ends on the biggest, most egregious <laughs> yeah. example of that. Yes. Yes. In the history of this show. Yes. <laughs> I was outraged at the ending of this episode. The outraged. The cameras go away, and everyone just goes, oh, okay, our conversation has ended. <laughs> yeah. How do they get out of that conversation? We, we're going to come back to this at the end of the episode, because yes. it is yes. so frustrating. <laughs> Mikhail goes to the Smallville Torch office to talk to Chloe. She reveals that her bet was part of her investigation into a high school football betting ring, and she wants Mikael to give her an exclusive. He agrees if she can keep his name out and places a large bet on the Metropolis Sharks game. You ever fucked with sports bet? Have you have you ever fucked with sports betting at all? Not really. Like maybe a handful of times in my life, just like a bet with a friend for like a, a dollar, ten bucks, or something. The only other time is I was in Vegas, and the my team, the Portland Trailblazers, were playing in a playoff game the next day, and I put like twenty bucks down or something. Sure, they did not win. <laughs> I I feel like I'm rife. I'm ready for a gambling addiction, but I never win, so I'm never like I just always lose. So yeah, um, yeah. You I don't uh, get that. You don't get the thrill, right? Um, I um, <clears throat> I did finally download like a on the World Cup. I put a little money on that through like the uh, the one of the apps. Uh, which I don't think is maybe good for society. <laughs> like, I don't think it's a good thing, but uh, I don't have a gambling problem. For 20 bucks, I really cared about the World Cup. <laughs> right, it is a fun way to buy uh, interest in a sport that right. you normally don't give a fuck about. Yeah. I, I think it's just, like, I, I've also, like, thought, I haven't done it, but, like, um, I sometimes, like maybe, like, once a year usually not even in the last couple of years um i don't i like to go to a casino um but uh you know the, but like i said i never win so it's a lot of like me hitting buttons and just my money going away and then me yeah. uh just kind of walking around until my friends are ready to go uh, but part of me thinks like um uh, uh going to like the sports book uh, putting a bet down, and then that's like two hours where you can like have dinner and drinks, and then like, hey, maybe we'll win a little money, you know? Right, watch the game and uh, have a rooting interest. Right, rather than go to the slots or blackjack and just like, oh, my money's gone. My money's gone again. Right. My money's gone again. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I'm ready for a gambling problem. I'm ready for it. <laughs> just give me one a scratch off ticket nothing nothing i've never won shit i'm all right at poker that's it but here i i am i i usually do pretty well at poker but i'm not good at it which is weird honestly I just luck into winning hands yeah that's the uh, the uh uh 
here's here's my poker strategy, everybody. Let everybody else fuck up. I just play my cards. <laughs> like Exactly. Yeah. My my strategy is that I, I know so little about strategy that everything else they're doing to try to fuck with me is totally ineffective. Yeah. I'm, I have no idea what's going on. I'm not paying attention to what anyone else is doing. <laughs> I'm just looking at my cards and like, do I think these are good? <laughs> it's um uh it is funny with poker of uh it is from my understanding, I, I am a incredible novice, let me be clear. Uh, but it, from my understanding, it's so much more a math and probability game at, at a very amateur level. It's it's just playing your odds, right? Um, right? Do you have good cards or not? Any attempts at like the bluffing and stuff, you have to get you have to be so aware of the probability to even start bluffing. So usually, the people you're playing with at your table really don't even know the game well enough to actually be bluffing right. or strategy. <laughs> so yes, um, exactly. But I do always enjoy it. I'm always an asshole, though, and I always, like, uh, it, when I do win at poker, I'm always, like, drunk enough that I'm like, let's put it all in the pile. We'll put it all in the next hand. This was fun. <laughs> so basically, play poker with me. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Oh, also, just one more tangent. Uh, if you want a great game that is basically poker without all of the, uh, all of the probabilities and stuff, there's a game called Skull. It is just the bluffing parts of poker. Highly recommend. It is, you can play with a deck of cards, but there is a beautiful, uh, uh, pretty cheap, like $20 game. Uh, it is called Skull. Also Skull and Roses, I think, in Europe. Highly recommend. It's great. Played a lot of bars. Skull, all right. Um, okay. Jonathan confronts Clark about injuring the player, saying that Clark is being irresponsible by playing. Correct. <laughs> Yes. 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 Clark tells Jonathan that football means a lot to him because it helps him forget all his burdens. And Jonathan objects, saying there is more to life than championship football. Yes. Uh, Clark says something happened to him on the field that wasn't his fault because he is sure he can control his abilities. Uh, Jonathan says he's going to talk to Coach Quigley at the victory party and tell him that Clark is quitting. But Clark says it's his responsibility. Does so Johnny K. Sorry, like I'll be the bad guy. I, I'll be the reason you can't do it. Does Clark? In, Clark intends to quit, right? He intends to do what his dad says, or does he? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think that's the vibe I yeah, got. Right. Uh, <clears throat> at the party, everyone's spirits are high, and Clark is the star of the celebration. Coach Quigley makes a rousing speech about how Clark will take them to win the championship, and Clark winds up not saying anything to him. Also, hoo boy, this would be a way to rouse up a teen boy's ego to dangerous levels. (laughs) (laughs) Don't talk to a teenager this way, even if they are incredible. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) I mean, mean, this is frequently what happens with young athletes that are treated like gods yeah it it, uh, frequently doesn't go well yeah don't do that keep it to great teamwork (laughs) yeah yep um uh mikhail is waiting for chloe in the torch office she arrives with an armload of shopping bags she talks about how exciting it was to win her bet and mikhail suggests she not spoil the fun and stop writing the article 
Chloe replies that her story is getting juicier by the minute, and Mikael pulls her close. He uses his power to force her to kiss him and tells her that she will stop the article. Chloe is left looking confused. Nice little scene of assault in the middle yeah, of this. Yeah, cool, light. chill. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Mistleplick. Now, yeah. I guess these powers are like very, very short term. Things like trip, things like drop, things like kiss me, gross. Um, he can't just be like, pull up article, delete article. <laughs> <laughs> Lose interest in journalism. That's true. Yeah. Oh wow. What a what a huge plot hole. Right. Right. There must be. Also, a I feel like you could get rich so much quicker. With That's. That power the, I also had that thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, the problem is, I think it. Uh, what you could justify is Chloe seems aware that like she does not want to kiss him, and she, even though she does it, so like even if you went to a bank teller, like give money. Even if they gave you the money, you wouldn't make it out the door. Right. I but gotcha. you could just be like, let me go. Let let me let me chill. Yeah, exactly. Don't shoot yeah, me. You could get pretty far with that, yeah. Give me a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> uh I don't know where a helicopter comes into this bank robbery, but I don't know. Seems like a good idea. Why not? That's a good that's a good out. Right. Uh, Clark is practicing his passes in the barn by throwing a football through a tire. He throws perfectly every time. He then takes a small shard of green kryptonite, closes it into his fist, and tries again. He misses this time. I also uh, will eat a peanut butter sandwich anytime I really want to mute my abilities. <laughs> <laughs> little anaphylactic shock uh, really like levels yeah. the playing field. That's <laughs> that's what I do before our podcast, Zach, so that we don't embarrass oh, so Tom that Welling I'm, and Michael Rosenbaum. I have a chance. Not you. Did Tom Welling and Michael oh. Rosenbaum. Oh, I see. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, okay, uh, he misses this time, and Martha comes behind him and remarks that she's never seen him miss. She asks him why he didn't talk to Coach Quigley. And Clark says he, what do you think, Martha? Martha, you were there when they were all like, and Clark is our golden god. And all the cheerleaders are like, hi, Clark. You're in, you're like, why didn't you do that? <laughs> Martha, come uh, on, think about it with your fucking brain. <laughs> I mean, it is extra dangerous with Clark that he's getting his ego pumped up because he actually has fucking superpowers. Right? <laughs> like, this is. Much more dangerous. Seriously. Uh, Clark says he couldn't let the other players down. She notices his closed fists, and he shows her the shard. She is angry, saying he can't make himself sick to play. But Clark says that others play injured. Martha isn't budging. She tells Clark that no, they have never seen him trip, and Clark should find out what happened to him on the field. Clark is in the torch office reviewing the plays of the game. Chloe comes in, and Clark is surprised when she allows him to stay, saying she's giving him the benefit of the doubt. This is the only light acknowledgement that he was a butthole last time, because it was right, Jungle yeah. Lover. <laughs> um, Clark tells her that... So, why... I guess here's the thing. Why do it at all? 
why not just assume that all the amends were made in between? Like, you know? Right, yes. Yeah, exactly. So instead, there's just this one line in there that's like, wait, what? What does that have to do with me? <laughs> yeah. Um, Clark tells her that he felt like he couldn't control his legs, and Chloe tells her that Mikael forced her to kiss him. They begin to investigate Mikhail's background, but a search of his name doesn't provide any results. However, Chloe searches his name backwards for some reason uh, <laughs> and pulls up an article about the region he is from. But like I said, uh, the the Mr. Mitzelplick thing is that when Superman gets him to say his name backwards, he disappears you, and goes back to his <laughs> Have you ever, when you were searching for someone on a search engine, if nothing came up, looked their name up backwards? I, you know, is I... That a- <laughs> Here's the thing. What is everyone laughs at me every time, but one day, one day I'm gonna get a hit like this. <laughs> like you need it doesn't have to be a good reason, but you need some character logic Seriously. for her to make that move. Like and it's just a a bibbity boo of letters. <laughs> like she may as well have just slammed on the keyboard. Uh <laughs> He is from a long line of people who have a history of being able to control luck. But the only thing that stopped them was a plague of locusts. What? Does that play in? Did I miss something? Where's that? Oh, oh, you did. You did. Yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. I know where that's. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Oh, it it doesn't make it better knowing. It doesn't make much more sense. Clark suggests that they turn Mikael over to Luther Corp because he is running illegal bets. He tells Lex that Mikael's gambling about Mikael's gambling, and Lex asks why he didn't tell Coach Teague. He says it must be hard for Clark to see Lana with Jason. Clark says he knows Lana is serious about Jason, and so he is dealing with it the best he can. Lex says he should do whatever it takes to win, both on the field and off. There's one no. Lex line, or sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, you first. There's a Lex line here about like maybe you don't care about Lana as much as you thought you did. <laughs> and... Yeah, I was gonna say the the wiki. That's not quite what the scene was right. about or what he was saying. He wasn't challenging Clark to do more. He was trying to plant in Clark's head. Maybe she doesn't mean as much to you as you think she does, and maybe you should let me, a grown up, have her for myself. A very grown, a very grown man. <laughs> that I mean, that was essentially what was going on. Yes, right? he yes, a hundred percent, a million. You should percent. move on from Lana, maybe because you don't really care about her, but I do. Uh, a million. One percent. day I will have. Um, I clicked a link and I lost my place, but I'll, I'll get it back. I'll get it back. Uh, I'll get it back. I'll get it back. Okay. Lex tells Mikael that he is sending him back to his home country, but Mikael uses his ability to make Lex let him stay. Um there's a there's a line here where uh, uh, Mikael is like, I bet you could pull some strings and let me stay. And Lex is like, yeah, but I'm not going to. Lex, just say no. <laughs> just say no, Lex. Lex, stop running your fucking mouth. Also, the wiki is, it's not just that he uses his powers to make Lex change his mind. He's like, if we'll, we'll make you a bet, right? They have a bet on it. Right. <laughs> Oh, here, wait. They have a bet on the championship game. 
We have okay, that. Okay, you have that. Okay. Uh, he says if Lex wants to know what Mikael can do, he can make a bet with him. If the Crows lose, Mikael will get $1 million and citizenship. But if they win, Lex will find out about Mikael's powers. Mikael. Can, can Elon Musk just give people citizenship if he wants to? Is I'm that... sure. Here's the thing. Do we think... With a job or something? Maybe there's yeah. that. Maybe, like, can grease the wheels a little bit, you know? Right, that's true. Um, I think I think Lex Luthor would have an easier time getting someone's citizenship than I, Brian Miller, would. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, How great would it be if you were an immigrant to the United States and someone's like, hey, how'd you get citizenship? And you're like, I won a bet with Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that'd be great. That'd be great. There's a story there for sure. I'd tell that story at literally every <laughs> single party. I would just like set up that bait of like, ask me how I got here. Ask me how I got here. Yeah, I'm a, I just got here recently. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, I missed a paragraph here. Um, oh, no, I missed so many paragraphs here. No, just the one. <laughs> Lana and Jason are discussing Clark's possible drug use. Lana doesn't think Clark is using drugs. Jason doesn't either. But he confesses that he told Coach Quigley that Clark took a drug test and that it came back clean because he didn't want Clark to retaliate by revealing Lana and Jason's relationship. Lana says that Jason doesn't have to worry about her leaving him for Clark because she is serious about them. Uh, Also, she says that... uh... He doesn't have to worry about Clark retaliating because Clark wouldn't make it personal, which is true. But she has recently met Lionel in Clark's body. And like, wouldn't she be like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on with that psychopath. (laughs) Yes, that is what would happen on a show that made sense. Um... Also, the scene is interesting because at the beginning of the scene, Lana's like, why did you lie about the test? And He's like, because I trust Clark. And then at the end of the scene, she's like, oh, don't worry. Clark wouldn't retaliate. And he's like, are you sure you can trust Clark? Like, are you sure? <laughs> it's like a weird. Yeah, right. Weird reversal. <laughs> um, so sorry. Back to Lex and uh, Mikhail. Uh, if the Crows lose, Mikhail will get $1 million in citizenship. But if they win, Lex will find out about Mikhail's powers. Mikhail then visits Clark in his loft. He knows Clark turned him in and tells him that he has a lot of money riding on the game. He says choke, and Clark starts gasping and coughing. As he suffocates, Mikhail tells him that he will play, he will lose the game, and he won't tell anyone else about him, or else more people will get hurt. Clark can't breathe until Mikhail tells him to as he exits. Chloe tells Clark... I thought that was a good scene. I thought that was a good scene. It was good. It worked. Chloe tells Clark that the Locust might have driven Mikhail's ancestors out by blocking the signals they use to control other people, like jamming a radio frequency. They hatch a plan to jam Mikhail's frequency so he cannot influence the game. But Clark has to leave to has to leave to suit up. Um so this is where we get oh. needle drop of the oh, season yeah. so okay, far. Good. Right? Yes. I'm glad we're on the same page. I Brian I don't know if I could explain to listeners who weren't alive or of age at the time how big that fucking song was. It was everywhere. I was fully, <laughs> I was fully in Green Day sold out mode. I was a you know a Nookie and uh, or not Dookie. Nookie, Dookie. Nookie yeah. was a Limp Bizkit. Um, I was a, I was a Dookie kid. Um, 
but uh, they uh, American Idiot. That whole album was everywhere, and that song was non fucking stop. So this was a big gap. Yeah. This is a big needle yeah. drop. Oh, we should probably say what the song was. Uh, oh, yeah. Boulevard of Broken Dreams. <laughs> yes. That is the song. It plays while Clark gets ready for the game in slow motion in the locker room. Apparently, he's the only one in the locker room. Yeah, right. Having the just lighting is so, <laughs> so... It's straight it's out like of a, fucking Batman Returns or Batman it's, Forever. <laughs> it's like a Gatorade commercial. Yes. He's just like... And he's just like suiting up and that song fucking plays. And it's a long little scene of him suiting up. It's a slow full motion. just like sh- shoulder pads on jersey on over that slow motion uh, going into the locker shot of Old Spice. And I thought I was going to say that shot of Old Spice was uh, too much. Yeah, Brian, did you did you know that Old Spice is a thing? Because I, if I, you didn't, if I did. you would after this episode. <laughs> Uh, Old Spice has taken a deep interest in high school sports. <laughs> Old Spice Red Zone. <laughs> I think I've had that deodorant more than once at that time. I use Old Spice. Yeah. Uh, Old Spice. It's not the original. It's whatever the, I don't know. I use an Old Spice brand. Not I, Red Zone. Say, I don't, I doubt that's around anymore. Um. Jonathan meets Clark outside the locker room, disappointed that he has chosen to play. What are you doing? You know what Mikhail said. He'd hurt those guys if I wasn't out there. A bunch of 250-pound guys banging into each other on a football field is one thing. But getting hit by you is like getting run over by a freight train. It's a big difference, son. I hope that doesn't happen. I think Chloe and I found a way to stop Mikhail. Chloe and you think you found a way to stop Well, I'm sorry, son. Thinking is not good enough. Dad, I know you don't agree with me. But sometimes taking responsibility means having faith in yourself to make the hard choices. And it also means being willing to accept the consequences. Every handshake, every hug, every time I'm out on that field, I make a conscious decision to fall when those guys hit me so they don't get hurt. No matter how hard you try, you can't understand that. That's why it's my decision, not yours. starting to sound more and more like your father. (sighs) Clark says it is his decision, but Jonathan still thinks he is making the wrong one. Clark points out that he has to make a conscious decision to fall during every game so that others don't get hurt. So Jonathan can't ever understand how much responsibility he is taking on. This is a good scene. I do think that's a good few lines from Clark. Good argument. Yes. I mean, I don't agree with him playing, but in this situation, I do because he's, they're gonna he's gonna hurt his friends if he doesn't play. So. so there's yeah, there is an element where like Johnny K is like you're you're playing, and like yeah, Chloe and I think we know how to handle it. Johnny K is like you think, yeah, and it's like hey Johnny K, let's maybe leave the monster stuff to Clark. <laughs> he's hasn't <sighs> missed. Let's say that right. Like, <laughs> We're on episode 73, and he's got, he got everyone. Uh, Yeah, that's true. I think after 73 bags, he's pretty good at it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
Okay, during the game, Chloe rewires the loudspeakers, causing Mikael to hear a high frequency, which makes him cover his ears. He tries to influence the players, but it doesn't work. The crows pull ahead, and Mikael gets up to investigate. He finds Chloe, and they struggle. The crows are one touchdown away from winning, but Mikael appears on the field during a timeout. He shows Clark Chloe's press pass and tells Clark that if they score another touchdown, he will kill her. Just as the play is about to start, Clark x-rays the wall of the field house and sees Mikael holding a knife to Chloe's throat. How So he went in and out and then <laughs> back in. Yeah. Is Clark the only yeah. one with super speed? <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel like Chloe... Unless she was knocked out, she could have made a noise or something right? while he left. Right. You know. uh, Clark throws the last pass, super speeds off the field, shoves Mikhail into a locker, and cuts Chloe loose fast enough to reappear back on the field in the same position without anybody even noticing. The pass is caught, and the Crows win the state championship. The state championship was an afternoon game. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's usually on a Saturday. Right? Yeah. I get, okay. All right. But I don't know if it's a nighttime or what. Um, you know, it's But there were there were a lot of little moments in that where I was I wrote things down to bring up to your brother about slight inaccuracies in the football representation, but I won't bore you with them. Um <laughs> I'll pass it on. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Okay. Clark gets back from the victory party after his curfew, but Jonathan and Martha let him off the hook. Jonathan acknowledges that it takes a lot of consideration for Clark to play with his abilities, and they are proud of him. They tell him that Mikhail was arrested. Chloe comes to congratulate him and tells him that she got the equipment from her Uncle Sam, uh, Michael Ironside, and remarks that her bonds were were miraculously untied. Clark, it's also funny, I gotta say, where did she get the uh, the radio skinner? Didn't even fucking think to have a... No, I didn't care at all. Just but, not a, but it's convenient that she has a general as a... I guess uncle. that's true. That's cool. Um, so we are entering a very fun, maybe my favorite Chloe phase, which is Chloe is starting to realize what's up with Clark. Yes, yes. But instead of confronting him or like being weird about it, she's just having fun with it. She's just kind of like, all right, I'm just going to be the cool friend who right. kind of knows something's up, but she's not like upset about it anymore. She's like, okay, yeah, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> sure yeah no nothing happened right right yes this is yes we're we've got some great chloe stuff coming up um clark asks her about how she got sucked into the gambling scene and she just says that everyone has her weaknesses um which is which then she says except for you which is that a nietzsche line i don't think i don't think so either that's in the text she's telling him, I know something is weird with you. Okay, okay. I, I don't know if that was a joke of like, he has a very famous weakness, but that weakness is oh, also part yeah. of the show, you know? <sighs> the kryptonite is literally used currently in present day Smallville. 
Uh, so like, I don't necessarily, it's not an illusion to, if there wasn't kryptonite regularly in like every episode of the show, right? Yeah, that's that would true. be a yeah. line. Yep. This is, yep. that is his weakness in every episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Lex takes Mikael to the Luther court Plaza and they ride the elevator to a secure floor. Mikael says he has lost his ability but Lex assures him that he is taking him to a place where it can be recovered and that Mikael will not be alone. The elevator stops at level 33.1. That is that. This is going. Yeah. Go that's the Candyman level, right? Like where Candyman was all like, oh no. That was level. That was level three, right? Okay. Okay. You're right. I think the implication is that, this is an extension of that, but this level 33.1 is going to stretch over like the next two or three seasons. Oh boy. Oh boy. Howdy. Okay. We're go- We're going back to the swell a lot. Great. Yeah. Got it. And it opens on, we don't see, we don't actually see what's in it. We see Lex kind of like, yeah, we're right. going here. Yeah. Uh, Okay, at school, Clark asks Lana where Jason is because he's won a scholarship to Metropolis University, and Clark wants to thank him. Lana is short with him and informs him that Jason was fired this morning. As she walks away, Clark realizes that Lana thinks Clark is the one who revealed Lana and Jason's relationship. He goes to confront Lex, who initially claims their relationship was inappropriate. Clark is upset because the whole town is talking about Lana and doubts Lex did it for moral purposes. He questions Lex's motivation, but Lex doesn't answer. And then what? And then what? Yeah, no, yeah, no. He says, Clark says, uh, you know, a year ago, I might have believed that you broke them up out of some, like, misguided loyalty to me. He's like, but... Now, I don't buy that. So why did you do that? And the episode ends on Rosenbaum kind of giving a weird smirk. And then it just cuts to black. And then, like, and I'm sure it's not going to pick right up next time. What happened? No. How, <laughs> what did he how say? How do we get out of that scene? What is, how does that conversation end? Without how him being that... like, I like Lana. Or is she just like, uh, oh, there's a phone call. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, that's. What does he say? That's cheating. What does he say? <laughs> the fuck does he say? <laughs> oh man. I'm uh I'm fully with Clark in this scene of uh Lex does try to gaslight him a little bit of like he tries to be like, Oh, I was doing it for her to look right. out for her. And Clark is like, You're full of shit. Right. You're full of shit. Right. Um, we got some big time featured music this episode. We got Walk Idiot Walk by the Hives, I Believe by Shiloh, Fall Behind Me by the Donnas, uh, I'm All Gone by Boss House, Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day, and Reach for the Sky by Social Distortion. Um, it's hard so, to know that there were any other ones besides the Green Day one. <laughs> Boss House is like in every episode. Yeah, um, right. So Green Day... And Avril are the two nominees right now for Needle Drop of the Year. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I still have a feeling uh, friends of ours named Lifehouse are going to come in at the final hour and <laughs> snatch it away from them. It's but we're we'll see. It, we're we'll still see. early, man. We got to wait for those like <laughs> November, December ones to drop. <laughs> uh... 
<laughs> We're not even in awards season yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is this is like of dumpuary right yeah. now. We're not even. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, no Lionel Luther this episode. Um, okay, Mikhail Mitsuplitsik is uh, Smallville's version of Mr. Mitsuplik, a foe uh, of Superman in several comic stories. Uh, Mr. Mitsuplik is an imp from the fifth dimension. Uh, not being bound by our physical laws, he could do things that seem to be magical. He is the 18th DC Comics character adapted to the series. Um... Let's see. When Clark is throwing the footballs between the tire, uh, he throws two balls and two are left. He then goes to the kryptonite. When he comes back, there is only one ball left. What? The universe is collapsing. Got him. Um, <laughs> uh, did you just seen if there's anything interesting here? Oh, uh, we, we talked about the old spice uh, and then didn't, uh, clarify further once you get onto the field there is a giant just i think there's a giant old spice red zone banner uh over the crowd at this high school football game and then the scoreboard underneath that is also old spice red zone this episode of this podcast is brought to you by old spice red zone (laughs) a product you may or may not be able to purchase still I'm sure you can find it on eBay. Um, Wait, you can find deodorant on eBay from 20 years ago? I'm sure. I'm sure. All right, motherfucker. You you doubt me. We're looking this up right now. No, I don't doubt you. I'm just saying don't put that on your armpit. If you (laughs) trust it. What's the half-life of uh, deodorant? I'm going to see here. Uh, Honestly, first page, no. uh, I'm getting a lot of Old Spice swagger. But uh, I am not actually seeing Old Spice Red Zone. Wow, not a lot of not a lot of deodorant collectors. <laughs> I'm a real deodorant head. <laughs> um, uh, I'm gonna go. We have here stretch of the week. The football team throws the red Smallville crow's flag over Clark's shoulders, and it resembles a cape. Further foreshadowing his costume as Superman. Ah, I guess if it's red. Sure. Sure. I sure. guess. I guess. Um, okay. Uh, at the end of the episode, Jonathan says that when he played, I only had to worry about completing the next pass or whether or not I was going to get sacked, implying that he was a quarterback in high school. However, in the episode Hothead, the season one episode, he's uh, a running back. When Clark was briefly trying out for the team as a freshman, he tells Jonathan that the coach gave him his starting running back position. It is possible, though, that Jonathan played as a dual threat quarterback or a trick play tailback proficient in throwing passes. <laughs> Got him. Uh, that's true. It's true. Yep, it's high school. He could have played multiple positions. Yeah. Um, Coach Quigley was last seen and devoted. Um, do, 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 do. There is more revealed about level 33.1 in volume three of the Chloe Chronicles. Do we have to watch the Chloe Chronicles at some point? A Chloe Chronicles bonus as soon as episode? We get a Patreon. Yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, 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 do. Um, I guess. That's uh, Clark asks what locusts can do besides eating crops in a single bound. Hmm. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I guess that's everything. 
I guess we did it. I, you know, like we said, this is kind of just a, a fastball down the middle. It's a goofy one. I want, I want some things to make fun of in a Smallville episode. You know, like that's that for goes sure. into a good yeah, episode. La- I mean, last week, if it weren't for our body transformation, we wouldn't have had much to talk about because that was such a good fucking episode. Right. Right. Uh, for sure. Um. So, uh, yeah. Uh, next week, next week's going to be a good one. It's spell. We'll get Emily on. I keep seeing the thumbnail for this one and it looks insane. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking fuck wild. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I know it it was like a notoriously hated episode by the fans. But my take is that it is a legit good episode of small. That's my take. I can't wait. I'm I'm all aboard this episode. Hell yes. Guys, this has been the Talon Mix. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us. Hey, if you liked it and you uh, are you can get your phone out and want to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a nice review, that'd be super nice. And then uh, while you have your phone out after that, if you want to go to talonmix.show, you can find a link to our Discord and uh, all of our other episodes. Thank you for everything. We appreciate it. Uh, hey, Zach, do you have a question for the Smallville gods? Yeah, I sure do. Um, will Emily, upon seeing the Smallville episode spell, she won't, ad- she, I don't think she'll admit it, but will not. she, in her head, consider watching more episodes of Smallville after that? Will she say, do I like this show? She's going to ask herself, maybe I was wrong. That's my question. Will that happen? Good night, everybody. <laughs>